Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is the 3rd of July, and we welcome into the program John Hancock and Michael Kelly. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Is that Gus back there? Uh, Gus is also joining us this morning. All right, always good to have Gus, the three-headed monster. Well, we always want to have somebody rational from your side, Hancock. (laughs) No comment. Uh, So, gentlemen, uh, happy Independence Day holiday weekend. I'm going to start with Michael and just ask you to Talk about the state of America on this Independence Day. It just seems like there's just stuff piling on all the time and a lot of discord, a lot of distrust, uh, a growing amount of hate. And it, it, I hate to sound negative, but that, that's kind of the feeling right now. Michael, how do you feel about the state of the U.S. of A.? Scared, nervous, and hopeful. Um, scared because, I mean, we are in uncharted waters with the political discourse we have in this country, uh, worried uh, in the sense that uh, things are going to continue to spiral. Um, If you look at these previous elections we've had over the last couple of months, it appears as though divisiveness is what's going to continue to win the day. And and optimistic and hopeful in the sense that, I mean, there is no better place on the planet, uh, no country better than the United States of America. And when we do put our minds together and we're collective, uh, we do incredible things. We saved the world in World War One and World War Two, and hopefully we'll be able to save the world again here once we get past this misinformation time we live in. John Hancock, your state of the U.S. of A. address. Well, you know, it was 20 years ago, just 20 years ago, when all of us were, were flying our flag on the 4th of July. We were coming out of 9-11. The country was as united as I can ever remember it in my lifetime. That was 20 years ago. Today, the country's divided. Uh, Nationally, it's divided. Each of the major political parties are internally divided. And I'm hard-pressed to think of a scenario that could possibly unite this country, at least in the short term. And I think, you know, I hope that a leader might emerge out there, I don't know who it would be, uh, that really could unify and unite the nation, or at least most of it. We do share common history. We share common values in this country. And, you know, I hope that I hope that there is a brighter future out there. I truly do. You know, we just played a commercial a few moments ago for the Odyssey app, and it mentioned that we have podcasts for no matter which side of the aisle you are on. Yeah. Isn't that the problem? Uh, I, I would encourage you, if you're on one side of the aisle, maybe listen to a podcast or a program from the other side of the aisle. Because I believe the biggest problem we face right now is that we have a different set of, and I use air quotes, facts that divide this country. And that we tend to go to the trough that gives us the information we want and I will not even listen to the other side. John, do you agree? I do. And you know, that's a part, partly a function of 
the explosion of social media and the access that we have to our own silos. And, uh, and it's partly a function of just how the country continues to polarize. And if you're not at least hearing what the other point of views are, then, you know, how are you going to form an independent opinion? You, you can't. You know, Michael, we used to have the fairness doctrine that made sure you covered kind of both sides of everything. Is that kind of where this division really started, do you think? And, and is that the driving force behind it? I don't know. No questions of fairness doctrine today. You've got both sides on. Look, John Hancock is the most politically misguided human being I've ever met in my life. I doubt um, that. <laughs> he is, he's completely uh, contrary to most almost everything that I believe. Um, but we have a relationship. We established a relationship that's human. Uh, and the reality is, is we found out that we're not that much different than each other. Um, and so what I would encourage people to do is normally your re- reflex in today's society is to automatically demonize the other side. I'd encourage people to listen, talk, have a conversation. You might just find your best friend. That's what I did, uh, even though he thinks the wrong way. Uh, we can establish and, and believe in in some norms together, and, and we've created a real lifelong friendship as a result of it. And I don't know that there's anything happening right now that that – exemplifies this divide than the January 6th committee. Uh, We heard some revelations this week from former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson. I mean, a lot of what's come out in this committee has been head-shaking. She took it to another level the other day, and you still have people who just simply refuse to pay attention to it, refuse to understand and look, seek to what, you know, to find out and understand what happened leading up to the attack on the Capitol Michael, uh, your thoughts on what Cassidy Hutchinson had to say and kind of where it goes from here. And, you know, some people are saying, well, you know, I I didn't believe it. Now I do. Uh, Where where do we go? She's a brave young lady um, who is essentially reiterating nearly every point that's been made by the people that were around Donald Trump. Um, The problem we have here is the Republicans couldn't participate in this committee because their leadership um, said, hey, we're not going to do this. Um, and as a result of it, they're, they're making what should be the protection of democracy a polarizing uh, situation. It's unfortunate, um, and it, it really speaks to the larger quagmire that we find ourselves in. And uh, I, I just have immense respect for this young lady. Um, she not only came forward and told the truth from her perspective, she put her own life in peril, and uh, think about that. Yeah, and John Hancock, your thoughts on what she had to say and how it might change the narrative? Well, I'll tell you, for me, I, I when this whole thing happened, my assumption, or maybe it was a hope, but it was, it was certainly my assumption, was that the violence at the Capitol was, it, it, I didn't think it was spontaneous. I thought it was planned. I didn't think it was coordinated with the White House. Uh, her testimony for the first time makes me think, now I don't think they've proven that yet, but they're certainly much, much closer to proving that than they have been to this point. And I think that was the, <clears throat> the point of her testimony, particularly that the president knew that there were people armed on the grounds or outside of the grounds at the ellipse on the 6th of January, that he wanted to take the magnetometers down and let those people in to the rally. Uh, that he wanted to go to the Capitol for what purpose, I don't know, but there was a purpose to it. 
you know, that part of the testimony is, is very riveting. Remember during the campaign in 2016, Donald Trump made this joke that he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and his supporters wouldn't care. Well, that's sort of what's playing out here, isn't it? It sure seems like it, and it wasn't Fifth Avenue. It was Pennsylvania Avenue, <laughs> which makes it even worse. I want to ask you, no too, quickly. We only have a couple of minutes left here. Uh, another Supreme Court ruling. This one, placing boundaries on how the EPA can use its authority to regulate power plants uh, on, you know, put that in into questions. And it also, I guess, do you believe, John, puts all the regulatory agencies in danger right now as far as what they can and cannot do to protect the consumer? It could. Um, but here's the thing. Congress typically gives pretty broad authority, too broad in my opinion, to regulatory agencies when they pass legislation. What the court ruled is that agencies do not have the power to legislate. And the court is correct about that, in my opinion. And, and so if you want to have those standards and if you want to remove coal-fired power plants, Congress needs to act on that, or uh, they need to give, they need to expressly give the bureaucracy that authority to make those regulatory moves. The court was, I mean, you may disagree with the, with the policy here, but on the law, the court is correct. Michael Kelly, do you agree with that? And how do you think this will impact efforts to keep the air clean, the water clean, keep our food safe, et cetera? Well, this is a consequence of uh, what we all witnessed over the last five years with the stealing of Supreme Court justices. Um, and this was a part of the larger plan that the Republicans and the conservatives had. Uh, it does extremely limit the power of the federal government, which has always been their holy grail. It's interesting, the EPA uh, is the face of this. This was an organization created by President Nixon. Uh, the Republicans used to be environmentalists. Um, and it was to be able to provide regulation in a place where um, there was no uh, guidance. It's unfortunate. I think it could be problematic. Uh, and it really comes down to the importance of this court. And I think that's what's going to be the focus of the upcoming elections. All right. We'll see how they play out. And we'll talk about that in the weeks ahead. Hancock and Kelly, John and Michael joining us here this morning. Thank you so much once again. See you, BK. See you all. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.